by, you know, like regurgitating the things that we have learned, you know, to really, really um, imbibe this truth of the Word of God. And as we rounded up on, on, on Sunday, the series, we need to not move away from the truth of the Word of God because what we shared at, in the past seven weeks, at the past seven weekends, is totally foundational. It's, it's totally foundational to our work with God on earth. If we are going to be useful to ourselves, if we are going to be useful to our families, if we are going to be useful to God's church, if we are going to be useful to God's kingdom, we, we have to live out these words, praise the name of the Lord. And on, um, after Sunday's teaching, you know, like I said, I've, I've, with the feedback has been very, very interesting. I'm going to read one um, message that a lady sent to me and, um, and we'll take it from there. She says, Good morning, sir. Thank God for the message on Sunday, the third service message. Um, since my life was transformed, I saw myself in another light in a way I have never thought of in my life before. I had to keep holding back tears when you explained that I am a spiritual Jew. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll get to that. I can't function without God. God bless you, sir. Amen. And she goes on to say, I just want to suggest that we upload the two services on podcast and let us choose one, not just upload one <laughs> on podcast. Now, the, the point is this. Um, this lady I've been in church from part one of the series and you it, it, it wasn't only last week Sunday that we talked about we've been spiritual Jews, right? We've been talking about it but you know I swear it was only last week Sunday that he hit her. And I pray she never recovers. Praise the name of the Lord. We should not recover from this because it is so foundational. If you've missed it, or if, even if you're a part of it, Please 
download the messages for free. Don't just listen to it and stream it. Download it for free. You never know what will happen to the internet tomorrow. They may decide to shut it down. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, God wants you to prosper. God wants us to prosper. God doesn't only want you to prosper. God wants you to thrive, to live beyond yourself. God wants everyone that comes in contact with you not to remain the same, the same again. And we explained last week that the reward that we get from God is both eternal and in the now. So the, the reward we get from God is not just in eternity. Yes, that is the ultimate. However, for God to leave you here on earth, he has something in mind. It is revelation that changes people's lives. Believe me. Now, you know that I believe in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? And the anointing is indispensable. The truth is this. If the anointing breaks the yoke and the person doesn't have revelation, the person will be yoked again. If you have a cube of sugar on a table and you have ants infesting the, 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 the cube of sugar and you have two options, you could drive away the ants or you could remove the sugar. What power does, what anointing does, what power does, what prayer does is drive away the ants. What revelation does is remove the sugar. What we have, God has not told us to choose one. What we have is both power and revelation. Praise the name of the Lord. However, human beings, we, are, we tend to um, tilt in one direction over the other. You really need to be deliberate to be balanced. So the guys that tilt towards prayer, they will discover, or power, they will discover that the ants have gone for a season. As long as the cube remains, what will happen? It's a function of time. Then it's as if, oh, I had this breakthrough. Whatever happens, the ants are back. If you have revelation, and you remove the cube, even if you don't have enough power to drive away the ants, 
eventually the ants will go. It may not be instant, but they will go. It may not be drastic like power, but it will be more lasting. So when we come in contact with truth like this, sometimes we want boom, instant change in a circumstance. And sometimes it does happen because depending on your journey with God. But many times when you remove the sugar, the ants will still be around. But over time, you will look for the ants and you will not find them again. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, um, we are going to be back and forth questions. And if you have any questions, any part of the series, please, um, I would ask questions. I will ask you to ask them at some point, um, just to put that in your mind. And I will ask you some questions also as we go on. And we, we explained that there is a huge connection between obedience and lasting prosperity. If you are willing and obedient, you will what? Eat the good of the land. That's what God says. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. This land has good, plenty. And you will eat the good of the land in Jesus' name. So, obedience is indispensable. However, we established last weekend that when you examine the scriptures, one key thing becomes obvious, visible to the life of the Jews. And it's, it's, it's the fact that they understand the message, the meaning and the manifestation of having a covenant with God. They understand the message, the meaning, and the manifestation of having a covenant with God. Everyone that is a Christian, you are in a covenant relationship with God. And you need to understand the covenant relationship that you have with God. You need to praise the Lord. So, what is the foundational covenant that every believer has with God? What covenant is that? Who wants to go? Put up your hand. Just by show of, okay. Felicia, your son. <laughs> okay, who wants, who wants to go? What is the, what's the covenant? What's, 
what's the covenant? Okay, I, I, I'll call you um, Friday. <laughs> yeah, 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 give him the mic. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To me, I think um, if you, you promise to do something and um, it's a covenant to you and God, once right. you make a promise, that this is what, promise. yes, this is what I want to do. <laughs> okay. That's like a covenant to okay, God. So you ought to fulfill. You are trying promise. to define what a covenant is. Okay, that's a good attempt. You know, I mean, I was, I was, I someone said me this joke that in exams you should be allowed to set your own questions. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't understand any of the questions, you should set your own questions and answer them yourself. You know, that's what he has done. God bless you. <laughs> okay, so who wants to help us? Okay, um, there's a hand right there at the back. Good evening. Good evening. I just want to try. Oh, Covenant. Bide me. Yes, sir. Okay. Covenant in the blood of Jesus. Oh, you have missed the series. Uh, <laughs> you want to use that barrier to carry it. <laughs> Okay, but thank you for attempting it. Ah, come on. You see, you see what I'm saying? You see why we need to say this is over and over and over again? Um, choir, yes. <clears throat> I think it's Abrahamic. I, I just think, I, I th- it I is. I can't hear you. <laughs> Abrahamic convenience. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Very sure. Final answer. Abrahamic <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Let's clap for her. That's, that's correct. You know, we, we need to pause and check these things. It is so important. We had three responses. Only one was correct. I'll be painting picture from week one. I will put it up. I'll say, this is it. I'm, I'm sure some of you are like, this man, we, we don't submit this thing now. Right? But you can see you have to, if you're a teacher, you, you understand the power of repetition. You have to keep repeating and repeating and repeating. Okay, so why, which was the other covenant we talked about? And why did we say it became irrelevant? Which was the other covenant we spoke about? And why did we say um, it became irrelevant. Um, not yet. <laughs> Pastor Kule, no. Let's, let's, um, yes. Keep the hands up until you get the mic. Thank you. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. The other covenant was that of the Mosaic Covenant. Right. In which the children of Israelites could not have um, an, a conversation with God. Right. And so they, they decided to allow Moses speak on behalf of them to God. Right. So when Jesus came, he broke that covenant. And so we have direct access to God. Amen. 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 So, so when the Bible says that the old covenant is gone. And the new has come. In Hebrews 8, it's referring to the Mosaic Covenant. 
when the Bible says the law, we are no longer under the law, but under grace is referring to the law that came by Moses. Because Abraham walked by faith. Abraham walked with God by faith. There was no law. He walked with God. He obeyed God. So, faith does not, faith and grace does not remove or or, um, excuse us from obedience. Obedience is a function of relationship. Praise the name of the Lord. So some, some people think that once I'm under grace and I'm walking by faith, I don't need to obey God. I just do whatever I want to do and just plead the blood of Jesus. I, I should be fine. Okay, fantastic. So we saw that the, the, the foundation of the covenant with the believer is the Abrahamic covenant. It is actually also the foundation of the covenant with the Jews. And God hasn't changed. God, this plan remains the same. What has happened from, from Genesis, God's plan is still the same. So what has happened is man let God down. God devised a bet, another way to get man back. That was it. So, it, it, it wasn't that, oh, the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament. I've heard that before. It's, it's, it's so wrong. So, understanding the message, the meaning, and the manifestation of having a covenant with God is key to success. It's key to success. So, we saw that the Abrahamic covenant is the spring that feeds the river is, is the source that's, that feeds the river, is the beam that supports the building. Or simply put, is the secret of the Jews. So, where does the covenant of the blood of Jesus come in? I mean, that Billy Me was talking about. Let me explain that. The covenant of the blood of Jesus make us citizens of heaven thereby belonging to the commonwealth of Israel. So the covenant, the blood of Jesus makes us a part of God's people. That's what the blood of Jesus does for us. It, it translates us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light of God's dear son. So we saw that the, the, the Jews, even ethnic Jews, physical Jews, they are so powerful, they are so dominating, as in, uh, domineering, not in a bad way, but as in economically, intellectually, social organizations, they, are, they seem to be far ahead of the pack. And we explained that we that are children of God should actually be partakers of that blessings. We are supposed to be partakers of that blessing. So we read in Galatians chapter 3, Galatians 3, 28 to 29, 
In fact, I want to I challenge you to read Galatians 3 from 23 to 29 in five different Bible translations, including the MSG. Galatians 3, 23 to 29. In how many different Bible translations? In five different Bible translations, and including the MSG. It says that until the time when we were mature enough to respond freely in faith to the living God, we were carefully surrounded and protected by the Mosaic Law. So the Mosaic Law was a protection and a boundary for God's people. The law was like those Greek tutors with which you were familiar who escort children to school and protect them from, the da- from danger or distraction, making sure the children will really get to the place they set out for. Says, but now you have arrived at your destination. By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just the washing away or washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in adult faith robe. What is that adult faith robe? Christ's life, which is the fulfillment of God's original promise. Praise the name of the Lord. So, many times, I dare say a lot of Christians have had a bath in the blood. They are washed in the blood. But they are not dressed up. So, they are washed. They understand that they are Christians, but they are not dressed up. They are not dressed up in the, in the fullness of Christ, walking in and receiving the promise of God by covenant. If you go to verse 28 to 29, it says, in Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew, non-Jews, slave or free, male and female. Among you, Among us, you are all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Also, since you are Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendant, heirs according to the covenant promises. So, the dressing up is the covenant promise that God gave Abraham. So, The dressing up is in the covenant promise that God gave Abraham. So, it is one thing to have had a bath. It's another thing to be dressed up. So, let me pause there. What is it to have a bath? And what is it to be dressed up? Divine. (laughs) 
I can see everybody from every corner, from Debbie to Pastor Dami to Tega to who's the last guy there? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us. What is it to have a bath? See pastor's job? It's very interesting. <laughs> okay, thank you, Divine. Thank you, thank you. Yes, sir. What's, what's it to have a bath? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, um, to have a bath, I think uh, you have to be baptized. Then to be dressed up, you have to follow the principles. Like, follow the principles. Answer the word there. <laughs> How the bath is to what? It's not, well, baptism is an is a demonstration of that. So what is it to have a bath? Oh, okay, like to be fully indulged in in uh, in Christ's life. Yeah, you actually we've tried. You see, when you talk about baptism, baptism talks about the um, demonstration of your newfound faith, right? So absolutely. Yes, so to have a bath is to come to faith in Christ Jesus and to be washed in the blood of Jesus, right? Good, fantastic. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is it to be dressed up? What is it to be dressed up? Who wants, who wants to go? What is it to be dressed up? It's, it's touched on it already, but I, I just want somebody else to say. Um, Jumoke? Give her the mic. You don't know I know everybody's name. <laughs> At least in the choir. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Yeah. Um, to have a bath is to be to have a bath is to be to, to dress up. To dress up is to be to okay to to to, to dress, dress up is yeah. to wear the whole armor of God. Uh, <laughs> let's share the grace. <laughs> I just go. <laughs> Somebody, somebody else. Oh, you? No. Um, are you raising your hand? Your own hand. Okay. Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. I think is um, to enter into a, a kind of a, to move out. Dress hmm. up means to move out, to, to go out. To move out. Yes. It is very worrisome, <laughs> but we we are making you know we are making light of it. But it's, it's big, it's huge. You don't know how broken my heart is, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, da, 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 da. But thank you for attempting anyway. Uh, who wants to go? Somebody was it? yes, sir. Keep the hands up until you get the mic. Yeah. Good evening, church. Good evening. Yeah, I want to try. To be washed means to be saved. Yeah. Salvation. Yeah. To be dressed up means to be sanctified. Means to, to be, be sanctified. Sanctified. Be... Yes. Oh, sanctification. Okay. Thank you for the attempt. <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Um, um, who really knows it? <laughs> you think you know it? Pastor, everybody, you are free to raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Um, Pastor Buki, help us. Uh, you said to, to dress up is to walk in Abrahamic covenants. Absolutely. Let's clap for her. You know, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? You, you need to have a revelation of it. You need to know it to walk in the Abrahamic covenant. So the question now is, am I walking in the Abrahamic covenant? Am I in a, a, the work with God? Is it based on the covenant that God has with his people? What have I done today that is in line with that covenant? What have you done today that is in line with that covenant? What have you done today that has put you in sync with the covenant? Food for thought. Praise the Lord. So we, get the fact that when we come to Christ, it's likened to being washed, to having a bath. And when we walk in the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the promises of the covenant, is likened to being dressed up. Now, what do you think, how do you think God wants you to live your life on earth? Being dressed up or walking around naked. How? Being dressed up. Okay, so what are the three major aspects of the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant involves three main things. Some people are broken it down to five, some people are broken down to seven, some people say it's 14, but even all those 14, 7, 5 can be summarized in three. So we like to simplify things, so we stuck with three because they all are included in the three. So what are the three main um, things? There's a hand in um, CMM. I can't see your face. Okay, yeah. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. We have the land, blessing. What's the What's the name? Francisca. Francisca. Okay. How long have you been in CMM? Um, few months. Three months. Yes. Okay. Cool. Tell us. We have the seed. The seed, yeah. The land. The land. And the blessing. And the blessing. Can you clap for Francisca? You know, this kind of makes me feel I've done some work <laughs> as in that kind of response. We have the seed, we have the land, and we have the blessing. So, in, the, in your consciousness, as a spiritual Jew, you must 
Say to yourself, my seed is secure. Physically and spiritually, I am physically fruitful. I am spiritually fruitful. My, by the way, the person that God promised seed, Abraham, he, the guy was 75, not, no child, was close to 90 before, close to 100, before he had Isaac. Now, but he held on. You have to hold on that my mind is fruitful. I have unlimited ideas. I, I cannot be, I cannot have a drought of ideas. Is it possible because I am in covenant with God? That's actually how I see myself. That's how you should see yourself. I am fruitful spiritually. I am fruitful spiritually. Through me, people will come to know God. Say amen. amen. Everybody say, through me. through me. Talk about yourself. Through me. through me. People will come to know God. I am fruitful spiritually. That's what it means to be. That's a seed. I'm fruitful intellectually. I'm fruitful. The works of my hands will prosper. Praise the name of the Lord. So when you, you, you bring it to your consciousness on a daily basis, that's why the Bible says, write this word, put it on your, on your forehand, put it on your forehead, put it on your doorpost, put it, in other words, let it be in your consciousness that you have seed. The second is land. It's land. Everyone in God's very house will have their own land. And will build their own houses. They will not have land for one plot. They will have have estates in the name of Jesus. Listen, how do I know? It's in the covenant. It's the covenant. The land God is talking about is not land in heaven. It's land here. So, if you see someone that understands his covenant with God, is a very dangerous person. Because if, he's, if he wants land, he will get it. He will get it not because of himself. He will get it because of who? of the covenant that exists. And guess what? The person that, the testator, the testament does not come into force except the testator is dead. The testator has died. Abraham is dead. So, there's nothing I can do to add to that covenant or to remove from it. It will just work in my life. If the, if, the test, if the testator was still alive, then the testament can be in jeopardy. But it's gone. And for, for us also, what, who ushers us in is Christ. So, because of the New Testament, that's, that's what the testament just means, covenant. The New Covenant, New, new Testament, New Covenant. The, the testator was Christ. But as long as he was alive, the church could not enter in. Which is bringing us to the, to the third uh, promise. 
which is the blessing. But until Christ died, before the Holy Spirit could be released, before the blessings could be released, until it says it is, it is experienced that I go. Because if the testator is alive, the testament cannot be enforced. I mean, lawyers knows that, know that. <laughs> you know, if you write a will, as long as you're alive, your will is, uh, is the things in your will can increase. The things in that will can diminish. Somebody, you can sell the house, you can buy more houses. And the more Abraham obeyed God, the more God expanded the promise, expanded Genesis 12, expanded Genesis 22, expanded. Once he died, it was sealed. If someone writes a will and the person passes on, are we together? Good. And the person passes on, it is, it is cast. So the third is the blessing. And the blessing is multifaceted to twofold. The, the, the first, the blessing, I will bless you. Multiply, I will multiply your seed. Anything you lay your hands upon shall prosper. So the blessing talks about multiplying physical wealth. The blessing of the Lord makes what? Rich. Is, is, the Bible does not say the blessings of the Lord makes smart, makes um, beautiful. It makes rich. You may be ugly, but you'll be rich. Say amen. You don't like the ugly parts, I know. <laughs> you know, but, but, more importantly, the blessing includes the release of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, the blessing of heaven is the Holy Spirit that comes upon the believer. So if you are in the covenant with God, covenant of Abraham, you have access to seed, you have access to land, you have access to the blessing, which includes wealth and the Holy Ghost. So you should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You should be. It's your portion. It's your portion. Praise the Lord. Okay, so. Any questions so far? Any questions? <laughs> Any questions? So. All that largely is nature. Even though you, it, it touches on nurture, it is largely nature. This is who you are. This is the covenant you have with God. This is what it does for you. This is blah, 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 blah. Now, the nurture bit is important because if you have seed, and that seed, let's say the seed of Iroko tree, I don't know if they have seeds, you know. And that seed doesn't come in contact with the environment, right environment, soil, with properly fertilized and, you know, nourished and all that. The seed just remains seed. But 
when the seed comes in contact with the right environment, the seed blooms and blossoms and becomes a tree and bears fruit and is useful to itself, is useful to its community, is useful to everybody around him. Praise the Lord. So when we look at when God um, created the heavens and the earth, the creation, you know, we explained that God will make the environment first before he created the nature, the, 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 the thing he wants to create. God creates the environment first before he creates, which comes first, nature or nurture. With God, God creates nurture first before he creates um, the, the, the being and puts it in the environment. So we, we saw that God had created the land, the earth, in Genesis 1:11, before God said, let the plants come out of the earth. Then seed was put in the... I mean, this happened so fast. Everything grew up in one day. Huge. God created the water. And God says, let fish come out of the water. And fish came. Multitudes of fish. God created the earth. And God says, let it bring forth animals. And animals came out. And that is why, you know, the, the, when the... The being cannot be separated from its source, from its environment, otherwise it will, it will die. And we explained on Sunday that when God wanted to create us, man, God spoke to himself and said, let us create man in our image. And from the breath of God, God is a spirit. From his breath came man. Now, man is interesting because man came, the essence of man came from God. But for man to function on earth, man's body was created from where? From the earth. The same way you need to be connected to the earth. Have you noticed for all your life you've been connected to the earth? Even if you are wearing shoes, you are still connected to the earth. It's because that is where the body came from. But you are a spirit being. And so the spirit in you comes from God and the spirit in you cannot survive without God. Cannot survive without God. So the same way if you take fish out of water, the fish will die. If you take the plant, if you uproot the plant from the earth, what will happen to the plant? It will die. If you take the human physical body out of the earth, away from gravitational pull, it will just float away and die. 
Even when, when man goes to the moon, he needs a special suit. The point is this. When we realize that the first environment we have to create is the presence of God, then we are setting ourselves up to becoming all that God has created us to be. So when you meet, let's say you have a, if you're married, if your spouse, your husband or your wife hasn't first experienced or cultivated God's presence, they're going to become problems for you. Why? Because they're going to malfunction. There will be all sorts of things coming up. Similarly, if you, if you are yet to get married, you are even in a better position. If you meet a, a man that doesn't know God's presence, <laughs> or a woman that doesn't know God's presence, if you marry her because she's beautiful, it's, it's going to be disastrous. So, it is, it is God's presence that keeps us from malfunctioning. Now, when we connect with that presence and we cultivate God's presence and we can truly say it is in him we live, we move, and we have our being and it's consistent, then the principles begin to make sense. The principles begin to make sense then when you talk about principle of work, then it makes sense. Because that work will produce praise the name of the Lord. The, the fact, not just the work must produce by force. When you talk about principle of light, it begins to make sense. You know, because from that environment, light is abundant. When you talk about principle of divine orchestration, or you can call it favor, it begins to make sense. The race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. Yet bread is not to the wise. So, divine orchestration begins to make sense. Everybody is running elter-skelter, and God is saying, you know what, you just wait, and you know, can you worship for 15 more minutes? And you worship for 15 more minutes. And you come out of your worship, and you actually overtake everybody that has gone ahead of you. I mean, isn't that just beautiful? Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> totally beautiful. Then we can begin to understand the principle of value. Then, principle of giving makes sense. Because we are like our father. Giving is natural. We don't struggle to give. It's someone's birthday and God says to you, give the person this you give the person. You don't even you don't even sweat it. 
You don't just say, get it behind me, Satan. Because it's God that is speaking to you. You know? And that just happened to me recently, you know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, you know. It's just natural. It just flows. The principle of meekness is second nature. Because from the presence of God, meekness is effortless as it were. The principle of courage becomes, begins to make sense. Because if God is with you, who can be against you? You see, the reason a lot of people are afraid to do what they need to do is because they don't know the presence of God. That's, that's all. That's all. The reason you're afraid to take the step you want to take is simple. You don't know the presence of God. If you know the presence of God, you would have done it before you. Everybody is like, ah, were you not afraid? They say, hey, was I supposed to be afraid? <laughs> I kid you not. Folks will come and say, ah, were you not afraid? Why are you afraid to do that? I'm like, really? Was that supposed to be afraid? Why? Because fear doesn't live where you live. Fear doesn't live where you live. Fear doesn't, fear doesn't live where you live. Fear is far from you. Everybody else is afraid. They are timid. You don't know the presence of God. And you see, I'm not saying this in, in condescending or anything. You know, if, if you find yourself fearful and stuff, you need to stop. That is not what God has for you. So, the first thing to do is to step back and reconnect to God. Find your place. In the cleft of the rock. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the waters and the blood from the rivers flow. Chopping mouth. <laughs> ah, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's, I mean, do you know how many songs these people know in their brain? You know, let's laugh for the choir. <laughs> they are trying, they are trying. It's not easy, you know, really. <laughs> but they are, I think the screen has spoiled them a little bit. Anyway, you need to find your place in the cleft of the rock. Everybody, there's turmoil out, outside. People are confused. There's confusion everywhere. You need to shut everybody out. Find your place in the cleft of the rock. Secure your place in God. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You see, the way of your destiny is only God that knows it. 
It's only God. So the person to connect with is God. Is God. Then, obviously, the principle of, of delayed gratification begins to make sense. Delayed, without the presence of God, delayed gratification, you can't even... It would be like punishment. But in the presence of God, because you can see where he's going, delayed gratification, is, you're fine with it. Yes, you know God would have you to be above only and never be beneath, to prosper, right? But you are going through a season that you know that you are putting your roots downwards. You are not worried because you are not yet bearing fruit. But you know that it's a season of, of I'm taking root. So, every other person, thank God for them. They are doing well. Praise God. But guess what? You are taking root. But once you are done, and you begin to go boom, 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 nothing can stop you. Nothing. Nothing can stop you. Then, principle of vision begins to make sense totally from the presence of God. The principle of vision, I mean, it's clear. It's like mountaintop experience. The principle of tithing, we become effortless because God, as your source, like Abraham, a progenitor, will say to God, it is from you we have victory. Everything we have is from you. The principle of wisdom flows. The principle of obedience actually is what shuts you in that presence of God. It's the door that keeps you inside. The principle of obedience. Praise the name of the Lord. So, which of these principles would you say um, all of them hit you, I hope? <laughs> which of them would you say like, oh, that one was was, uh, <clears throat> was I've not recovered. Which of them, even as we draw the curtain, I'm going to call you um, Tega, which of them? Tega is in front. What Tega is thinking? There's a young man here whose hands are up, whose hand is up. Who, who else? I'm sure there's someone in the choir also. That uh, Shalakwe. Yes, Tega. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, the principle of um, obedience. Okay. Amen. I was going through it and then. You know, you, you gave us an assignment to read uh, the other part of it. Right. And then they're like, okay, if it's just to obey, <laughs> we get all of that. Right. I'm ready. <laughs> right. You know, because I was, I was speaking to Pastor Nina that God has done a whole lot, even from not being conscious of what he asked, asked us to do, just, just living right. And then having this awareness of, what comes with obeying God's principle, 
in our lives. I mean, it's, it's huge for me. Big. So I'm, I've positioned myself, you know, to get Amen. all. Amen. And you will get all. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You see, I mean, what, what you said, I could use my, my life example, you know, when you take a stance like that, and you dig in, it's like taking roots. Believe me, people will be going, passing you by. Shut your eyes. And just stay with God. By the time God breathes on you, they will say, where has this, where has she been? Oh, then they will say things like, oh, she's an overnight success. You know? Like, like, you know, like someone, someone said it was at a, um, at a place where I shouldn't stay. I was wondering what he was doing there, you know. Um, you know, and they were all drinking and all that. I've said the place already, <laughs> you know. And for some reason, they were talking about, you know, pastors. So they would pick one pastor and they would, you know, they would shred him. They would pick another pastor. For some reason, my name came up. And when my leg came up, they said the guy that the bear cleared from his eyes. I said, no, 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 no. That one is not an overnight success. He says, if you knew where he started from, and it was, and they were like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And guess what? He came to church. The point is this. The point is this. I mean, if he was not there, don't get me wrong, they would have called me disabled. I'm not saying I'm better than the rest. I'm just saying that folks will say, hey, where did they come from? They were not there. When you were on your knees from 11, and you look at the time, it was 5 in the morning. And it looked like 30 minutes. Then the following night, same night, same thing. Then the following night, same thing. They were sleeping. They're sleeping. Only God knows where they get their power from these days, from heaven. Pay the price, yeah, of obedience. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My own problem is uh, principle of vision. Vision. Uh, yes, and you said here, God gave you a vision through a spirit or a physical experience. Right. And also, you made a statement that you cannot have what you have not seen. Right. Now, when you have a vision that God has done this thing to you, uh-huh. without faith, we do claim that you have had it. You know, I'm having a provision that there now, I have something that I want to have it. Right. Then the thing is coming your way, but you have not seen it. You say that you should be thanking God yes. that you have it. Yes. But here he's saying that you can't have what you have not seen. Yes. You are saying the same thing. So, so because you have seen it, you already have it in the spirit. So you can thank God for it. And you will have it. In Jesus' name. Do you understand, sir? Do you understand it? Okay, excellent. Um, okay, <laughs> divine has woken up. Okay, let's... Shall I wait? Praise God. Um, Pastor, the one that actually stands out for me is the principle of um, delayed gratification. Uh, looking at um, one denying yourself of immediate pleasure right. for the greater good, right. working out 
the things that you know that, leaving out the things that you know that you can easily enjoy right now. For example, I, I want to sleep right now, but basically because I know that I have to prepare for certain things, for what is ahead, I need to deny myself of that sleep or the immediate satisfaction I'm going to get from that sleep to stay the night and walk out. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Delayed gratification. If there's one skill, like I said, we need to, we need to teach our children many skills, but delayed gratification is a major skill you need to teach your children. Um, thank you. There was, yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, um, for me, it's not just one or two, but I just want to talk about two. Um, the first one is a principle of work. Um, of recent, I got this job, and um, they are not paying me much, but I'm actually learning a lot from it. Right. I'm actually learning the work is teaching me things that I don't even know. So I'm appreciating God for it. And um, the second one is um, um, principle of tithing. I tithe, but I don't know that. I teach it also, but I don't know that. Um, I am, if, if, when the money, if I receive the money, the first thing I should do is to remove my tithe first. Right. Before any other thing. So, that alone, I've, I've learned from it. Praise Amen. God. Hallelujah. Okay, thank you, Divine. Anybody else? <clears throat> what? Two hands. Then, um, then I, I share a scripture, I will close. Yeah. Yes, please. Give her the mic. Thank you. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. Good evening, Pastor. Um, for me, the one that struck me most was the principle of um, meekness. And you said something about um, um, when you're... It's not like I like to enforce all my power. I don't have... Well, I have much <laughs> But... Um, the, 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 what really struck me was the statement you made about when you're in front of a great man, keep quiet. Right. You know, and for me, sometimes when someone is talking, I could easily just pick where the person is going and sometimes we complete their sentences, you know. Right. And, right, you know, that struck me and it was almost like, I think the following day or two days after that message, I was, my GM, the GM that of the team that I support. Right. I'd never work closely with him. I just see him from a distance. And over. Or maybe if I had to, we have to do a presentation. But that week, he came to my office and asked me for something, you know, something my boss had handed over to me because my boss was away on vacation. And the following day, I had to go back to his office to give him feedback and everything. And I was standing there. He was trying to tell me what he wants and how he wants it done. And, you know, I just... My mind overworks sometimes, you know, so I could, okay, yeah, you want this. And I found myself almost completing this. And so I just remember that quote saying, when you're in front of a great man, shut up, you know, and instantly I just kept quiet. So I've been practicing that a lot. Sometimes I just act totally dumb. (laughs) And I realized that there are some other things I'll be missing. And like you said, communication is two ways. When you're talking, you can't hear the other, you can't get information in. Right. You know, so that totally changed me. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yes, sir. Living church. Um, Mine was um, 
um, principle of vision and delayed gratification. I'll talk about the principle of vision. Uh, where you said um, we can't, uh, if we don't see it, we can't have it. Uh, after that service, it actually came to me that I had more than one vision, but I wasn't really looking into it. It was then my eye, like, it opened everything that I wasn't seeing that I was supposed to see. Uh-huh. Knowing that this, this thing are already in front of me, but because I don't have them physically, I believe that they are not mine. But at that point, whenever I think of it, the word, if you do not see it, you cannot have it, uh-huh. came instantly. And the delayed gratification, I wasn't really there for the message, but you spoke a bit about it. Of recent, I had something that I've, I really need so bad, and I've been waiting for it. But the moment I got it, I was thinking of things to use it for. But God said, I, I'm, I'm sure that this thing, give it out. And I was like, okay. But it was difficult at that moment. Until now, I'm thinking of how to walk around it. But (laughs) thank you. Well, you've just helped yourself by confessing. It should be easier after tonight. (laughs) Um, Colossians one thirteen. Finally as we wrap up, says that for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son who, 14, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. He has rescued us, you know, from the kingdom of darkness. Everyone without Christ is under the influence of darkness. And it didn't just rescue us, it transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So, our lives are in God. Our lives should be embedded in God. Our lives should be embedded in God in such a way that, like, um, um, Coban said when he came here to minister that if it is in your life and it doesn't give glory to God, it's absolutely worthless. If there's something in your life that doesn't give glory to God, it's absolutely worthless. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. God is our all in all. Is everything we can ask for, think of, imagine, to be is greater than even what we can think or imagine. You know, I don't know what has ministered to you. It could be somebody's question. It could be a comment. It could be a word. It could be a scripture. Why don't you bring it to God and pray it in? Why don't you talk to God about it? And you may be here, you're like, Pastor, I mean, I can't say that I've been transferred into the kingdom of light yet. 
can, I, can you pray with me? I want to get born again. I want to give my life to Jesus. Or I've never given my life to Jesus before. I want to, I want to commit my life to Christ. Or I used to be born again. I'm backsliding. I want to come to him. Can you put up your hand over your head? God bless you. There's, there's a hand at the back. God bless you. That is me. That is me. That is me. Anybody else? That is me. If you are putting up your hand, put it up well over your head. Give him the card. Give him the card. Thank you. Father, we thank you. If you have the card, just talk to God and just say, I commit my life to you. I release my spirit, my soul, and my body to you. Take control of my life, Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for everyone in this place, every one of us. We ask in the name of Jesus that you breathe upon us, Lord. Change our lives yourself and let your name be glorified. Lord, the grace to walk in the reality of this word given to us. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's praise God for the Lord for his kindness and his mercy and his word. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.